trust the movement I negate the chaos Uplift the negative I'll show up at the table again and again Welcome to Grassroot Ohio Conversations with everyday people Working here in Columbus and all around Ohio I'm Carolyn Harding And today I'm talking with Rachel Coyle Of How Things Work at the Ohio State House And Lisa Voigt an advocate for gun safety and higher education. Rachel Coyle is from Toledo, Ohio. She has a bachelor's degree in psychology and political science from OSU and a master's in political communication from American University. She's spent many years in Ohio politics and government, deputy communications director for the Ohio Senate Democrats, communications director for candidates Kathy Johnson and Joe Schiavone. Rachel served as press secretary for the Ohio Democratic Party, managed the grassroots advocacy program at ACLU Ohio, and is currently the campaign director for the Ohio Senate Democrats and creator of the uber helpful for activists Facebook page, How Things Work at the Ohio Statehouse. Lisa Voigt is a professor of Spanish and Portuguese at The Ohio State University. Since the lame duck session of 2016, she has advocated at the State House for gun safety and higher education issues through meetings with legislators and testifying in committee hearings. She has also presented testimony as a member of two organizations, the American Association of University Professors, for which she serves as secretary of the Ohio Conference, and Moms Demand Action for Gun Sense in America, for which she is an active volunteer in the Ohio chapter. Welcome to Grassroot Ohio, both of you. Thank you. So it is lame duck season at the Ohio Statehouse. Rachel, can you share with our listeners what lame duck means? Sure. So the Ohio State House operates in two-year terms called General Assemblies, and any bill that's introduced at the State House only has that two-year period to go through the whole process and become law. So we are at the end of one of those two-year terms right now, and so every legislator at the State House is trying to pass every bill that they've introduced for the last two years into law all at the same time because if they don't get them done by the end of this year, by December 31st, their bills will die and they'd have to reintroduce them again next year. So they, they know it's gonna be chaotic because there's so much happening all at once. They know that it's right after election day, so everyone is tired and they will actually hold most of their controversial bills, some of their, their most dangerous bills, for lame duck, hoping that some of it slips through the cracks without us noticing. And that is definitely happening this year. We've seen it happen year after year, and this year is no exception. Oftentimes, uh, at this time, they do something called a Christmas tree bill. Can you explain to um, folks what that is? Do you want to give that a go, Lisa? No, actually, I learned that term from Rachel, and I would love to hear uh, her explain what it is. I I only know that uh, we are fighting a um, a bill that is considered a Christmas tree bill in, uh, in the Ohio House tomorrow. Um, what I understand, it's a bill with so many provisions that it's like Christmas tree ornaments. But I've won- always wondered if there was more explanation behind it, Rachel. 
that really is it. It's the, it's the visual of a Christmas tree. It's a bill that because they're trying to move everything so fast at the end of the year before the bills die, they take one bill and then they add a whole bunch of other bills to it, like a Christmas tree, picture ornaments on a tree. And then they try to pass that massive bill that does a ton of things uh, really quickly so that it's hard to figure out all the parts. It's hard to uh, argue against it because there's so much happening. Sometimes they'll throw some good things into the bill and some bad things. So it's hard to oppose the bill. Uh, there is a law in Ohio that requires all bills to be single subject. So have all the pieces have to be around the same subject, but they very loosely interpret that. Uh, and they often will find an, an interesting thread of ways to put different bills together into one bill. And, and Lisa has a perfect example of one that's going on right now with, uh, I believe it's HB 248, which has mixed tons of gun bills together into one massive bill. That's right. It was a six page bill about um, carving out some exceptions for antique firearms that they tomorrow are subbing that out with an entirely new bill that is 170 some pages long with just dozens and dozens of provisions related to um, related to guns, concealed carry expansion, lowering the minimum age for concealed carry, uh, forcing guns on campuses, stand your ground in businesses, um, just basically more guns held by more people in more places, guns in courthouses, guns in bars, even when you're drinking alcohol. It's, uh, yeah, it's Christmas presents for someone, but certainly not for Ohioans. And so doing Lisa, it that way. All of, these, all of these are in one bill? That's right. That's right. And uh, furthermore, and Rachel could give more background on that process, but it's not... Um, actually posted on the public site because the way they do it, they're just jumping into a bill that has already had a whole series of hearings that's very far along in the process. This is the fifth hearing on it. And they're just gonna say tomorrow, okay, committee, we're gonna vote on subbing in this 170 some page bill to replace the six page one that we've been talking about over four hearings. So fortunately, you know, we, uh, some people can give us a heads up that this is coming and there will be people submitting testimony on that tomorrow, but it's not easy to find the, the information. Okay, so this is one of the uglies. We're gonna talk about the good bills, the bad bills, and this sounds like a very ugly bill. Let's, let's go there, Rachel. Can you kind of give us more information on this Christmas tree bill that Lisa is working so hard on? Well, I'll let Lisa give you the, the details, but I do want to say that this is a perfect example of a Christmas tree bill because it allows them to not have the full hearing process on each piece of the bill. They can add in new parts to this bill they've already been holding hearings on, and that counts. So there will be pieces of this legislation that no one has time to come in and testify against because of the, the way they're doing this process. And that is one of the most frustrating parts of lame duck is people aren't going to get to be able to have their voices heard nearly as much as they should on this bill. But Lisa, I think would be amazing to talk about the, the specific details of it. Lisa, let's hold that for just a little later. I want to go through basically the good ones, the bad ones and the ugly ones. And then we'll really dive into that Christmas tree bill. Why don't you give us a brief list of the ones that are really we need to pass that are good for Ohioans, the ones that are bad for Ohioans, and the ones we just can't let through. Go ahead. Sure. So we have, if you aren't a member of the How Things Work at the State House page, we have a long list of bills that you can go through and pick, but I'm going to name some of the most 
the ones that are moving the fastest, that are the most likely to pass, that we would love to have your help on. They're, they're, one of the best bills is SB3. It's a drug sentencing reform bill that would help folks who, who are struggling with addiction get treatment instead of being locked up. It would also help stop focusing state resources on low-level nonviolent drug crimes, which would really help the state in a lot of ways. It would actually save us money to not be going after those folks. Um, but that bill is, is actually moving, is very exciting. It's in the House. It's already passed the Senate. Uh, there's also HB 13, which would expand broadband internet access around the state. There's large sections of rural Ohio that don't have access to reliable broadband internet. And this would help expand literally the technology to create broadband internet out into those areas. There is a bill that would SB 358, which would create flexibility for school districts due to COVID. It would help uh, with high states testing next year so they wouldn't have to meet every single requirement next year just because they're trying to keep the kids on track as much as possible in this strange time we're all living in. Those are we currently have as the top three most likely to pass good bills that we're supporting. And again, if you're a member of how things work at the state house, we have a much longer list for you to pick through and, and make calls about. Do you want me to do the, the bills to oppose as well, Carolyn? Yes. So we've got three that I'll mention that are the most likely to become law that we're pushing back the hardest against. One is actually already at the governor's office waiting for him to sign it. And we are hoping that the governor will veto this bill. It's SB 89, which drastically expands vouchers in the state of Ohio, uh, which if you're a fan of public education, you know, that's it's often the same money that's going uh, to these private schools through vouchers that would have been going to to our public schools. And so that is that is a troubling uh, movement that the state is taking, especially since we haven't actually passed uh, education funding reform for our schools yet. Um, we also have HB 248, which which Lisa and I've talked about a little bit. We can talk about it more that has multiple, multiple gun bills in it and is a Christmas tree bill that's moving. And then there's HB 784, which I'm sure many of uh, your listeners are familiar with, which would punish protesters and protest organizers in significant ways, including peaceful protesters, because of how broadly it is written. That one is very troubling, and we are worried uh, that that one's moving as well. So those are probably the top three to fight back on. But again, we have a much longer list if anyone is interested. And then we have a couple that we're watching uh, that we're not sure how they're going to look because there's so many amendments and things being thrown into them. One of those being HB6 repeal. There's like six different bills to repeal all or parts of the of HB6, which you know was tied to the statewide corruption scandal, Larry Householder bribery scandal. Uh, there's a movement to repeal at least part of that bill just because of all the dark money that was swirling around it, not necessarily even because of the content of the bill. But we are not sure yet which of, oh, if any of those bills are going to move. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, um, if folks want to get involved, learn more about this, they can go to your Facebook page or do you have a website as well, Rachel? We have, we currently have a Facebook and Twitter. It's how things work. OH is the handle for both Facebook and Twitter. Also, uh, you can email me how things work. OH at Gmail. Uh, and we will, I might. My dream is to have a website someday soon. That is coming in the future. Okay, folks, listen in. Definitely sign up and like her Facebook page because she gives so much information and makes it easier for us as activists. Right, Lisa? Absolutely. 
Um, you probably don't even know this, Carolyn, but the whole reason I'm doing what I'm doing today is because of a Facebook post that I saw of Rachel's back in 2016. As you mentioned in my intro, that was the first time, first time I even ever went to the state house. I live in Columbus, but I'm not from the state and um, really hadn't been paying very much attention to state politics until 2016. And I think as uh, part of my response to uh, to that presidential election was thinking about how I could, you know, what I needed to learn about what was going on in my state. It was about time, right? And uh, Rachel was doing what she's doing now, getting the word out about things that were moving in lame duck. And they had um, a gun, what we called a guns everywhere bill um, that would allow uh, college campuses to allow guns on campus, uh, guns in daycares, almost everywhere you can imagine. And um, she put out a call the way that she does now about, you know, there's this hearing, it's really easy to testify. Anybody can testify. Come share a story. This is how you do it. We exchanged some Facebook messages. And um, I had actually just seen, uh, I didn't testify myself, but a friend of mine had posted recently about ways in which she had really been impacted by gun violence in her life. And um, I happened to run into her husband at a coffee shop. I said, hey, do you think Molly would do this thing I'm reading about? And so I went with that friend. She did present that testimony. And really everything Rachel said about the process panned out. She um, gave well, we didn't entirely stop the, the bill that time. So unfortunately, <laughs> that didn't happen. But um, the she gave really impactful testimony. And it was covered in the news media It was covered by the dispatch, then that story got picked up by um, some higher education media, the sort of thing that you know, getting the word out at that time, um, hearings were not um, were not uh, live streamed as they are now. So really, to know what happens in hearings, and what is said, and what they're doing, um, it had to be people going and then hoping that the you know news media would would pick up on things like that. We have a little bit more opportunity now uh, that they're live streamed, but but that's how that's how I got into it. And then I knew that Rachel was someone I needed to keep in touch with and learn more from, and um, did that over the following year. And just yeah. give a quick station ID. This is Carolyn Harding with Grassroot Ohio, and today I'm talking with Rachel Coyle and Lisa Voigt. We're talking about lame duck. Session 2020 and about the good bills, bad bills, and the very ugly bills that we must not let pass. Lisa, let's go ahead and continue with what you're talking about, the gun bills that you're working hard on. Yeah, so that's um, after um, participating, witnessing that lame duck session back in 2016, I also saw Moms Demand Action members um, out in force at that hearing in the red shirts that we wear to really call call attention to the fact that we're watching what they're, what they're doing. Um, so I also um, started uh, uh, going to Moms Demand Action meetings after that and have progressively gotten more involved. And now I, I help people know about the hearings, gun bill hearings that are happening and um, prepare testimony for them. We provide um, fact sheets about bills, tell people the sorts of things that statistics that can back up arguments against some of these terrible gun bills um, and tell them where to, uh, where and when to submit testimony. Uh, we used to go to a lot of hearings, again, in, in our red shirts to really make that visual statement that we, we are watching. And um, now I don't think anybody should be going to the state house at all, frankly, but we're certainly not going to pack hearing rooms. We are still submitting a lot of written testimony against uh, against these these bills um, that Rachel's mentioned and some others. And I think some people 
you know, really will will still go to testify and um, and take that risk because it's just um, too important and it's the one way to make our voices heard. Well, I also hear that uh, many of the legislators aren't even wearing masks, so it's double jeopardy. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. In fact, the, the chair of the one of the committees hearing uh, a gun bill tomorrow, this um, this Christmas tree Christmas tree bill we've been talking about, has posted on his public public Facebook page uh, recently about being sick with a uh, high fever and fatigue and sore throat, all the symptoms of of COVID. But there's no indication that you know he's uh, taken a test or is COVID free. Um, we can't expect uh, a lot of members of that committee to be wearing masks, and I'm frankly. Not, not sure if I want to be uh, in the room there or not. That's a tough one for us because they're, they're um, making it a dangerous situation for us to, to um, practice our democracy and exercise our voice. Exactly. Um, Absolutely. So tell us uh, uh, some of the details about this, this Christmas tree bill that, that folks need to help prevent from passing. And then we'll talk about how they can help. Sure. I will focus on, I guess, uh, four of the um, main provisions we're really opposed to. And I'd like to mention one other bill as well. Um, But those would be, um, first of all, allowing school boards to authorize anyone, uh, school staff or teachers to carry guns without training, no training at all if they want, into a school. This is, uh, again, a provision taken from another bill, Senate Bill 317 that passed the Senate already and is now um, going to be heard in the House. We'll be watching that and definitely submitting opposition testimony against that. But it's also been packed into this as one of those ornaments on that on that Christmas tree. So that's that's very concerning. And then uh, related to that is the um, basically forcing guns on campus. So not allowing a university to create policies to disallow concealed carry uh, on campus. This is what originally got me into um, paying attention to what was happening at the State House because of how it can impact me as a teaching in a public university in Ohio. There's the provision to lower the minimum age for concealed carry from 21 to 18. This is just truly terrifying with the really skyrocketing suicide rates among young people in the U.S. and among college students. Uh, because we know that guns, that uh, the combination of guns with um, suicide is uh, absolutely deadly. 85, 90% of suicide attempts with a gun are, are carried, are uh, result in death, whereas by other methods, it's much, much lower, like something like five or 10%. And those people, most people don't go on to attempt suicide by other means. So having access to guns among young people um, who are also more likely to, to, uh, to commit crimes with them is, is incredibly dangerous. Um, we've seen the impact in other states that have done that. And then there's also a provision that would allow business owners to to stand their ground in their business, which really means that they could shoot someone who makes them nervous uh, by coming to their business. That's, you know, we're we're concerned about uh, stand your ground in other bills as well. And that's one of the ones I want to mention, um, which is um, Senate Bill 383. And now there's a House bill uh, that uh, has just been introduced, uh, House Bill 796, to, to mirror that. This um, takes away uh, what's called the duty to retreat, which really just means that if there is a safe and reasonable way 
to retreat from a confrontation, um, you need to you need to do that. And this bill would allow would not even allow court cases to consider whether there was a safe and reasonable means of retreat. Um, so this is really the uh, shoot first and ask questions later, kill at will, or shoot someone who makes you nervous, Bill. I mean, this we can uh, we can only imagine the scenarios where uh, with two groups uh, open carrying and confronting one another, this is a bill that would just allow either one of them to to shoot first and say they felt threatened and and be exonerated. Um, so we're we're concerned about 248, this Christmas tree bill, because it has so many provisions. It's difficult to fight, but it also might make it difficult to pass. I think stand your ground is something they've been trying for a while, and that uh, we are really watching that um, Senate Bill 383 and House Bill 796 that that the one that's just focused on Stand Your Ground. Um, we had a tremendous outpouring of testimony against Stand Your Ground earlier this summer, and I expect this the same will happen if we're given time uh, to do it, because part of the problem with this session is how quickly things moved, how how they don't seem to always follow the rules about, you know, uh, proponent testimony followed by opposition testimony, uh, et cetera, et cetera, the late notice about bills, all of that makes it a little bit more difficult to be prepared for it. But we we're doing what we can. And with Rachel's help, we're keeping an eye on things. Okay, Lisa, what's your website where people can go if they're specifically interested in gun on gun safety law uh, and the and the mom's demand? Yes. Well, the easiest way to um, join Moms Demand Action to be to uh, signal that you're a supporter and, and get on our email list is to text um, ready to six four four three three. Right now, you can also text Ohio to 64433, and it will walk you through um, calling DeWine about vetoing any of these bad gun bills if they come to his desk. So we use that 64433 for various purposes, but if you text READY, that's the easiest and quickest way to, uh, to join. Um, but we also, I have, I have a, a Google group that I maintain where I notify people about, um, about when there are hearings. And if you email me, I can add you to that list. So I think maybe in show notes or something, you could share my, my, my email. I'll leave, I'll leave it on the, all the information in all the um, links that have this, vi- this audio or video. Great. And then we also, just one more thing I'll say, we prepare these um, Google forms that give you all the information about the the bills. Um, And that allows us to update as we get new information as, you know, when we find out that there's a hearing, when the bill changes number or is introduced in another provision, we can update things at this Google form. But it's kind of a clearinghouse for all the information, all the, you know, links to the fact sheets about the bills, where to submit testimony. And that's um, those are the links that I would really like you to include in the in those notes because that's where people and you can actually go and write your testimony in there and then that's a way for us to know when you have something ready to go and so we can be sure to notify you about it. Excellent. I'd like to move on to Rachel. Now I'd like to go back to the the other um, issues and what people can do if they're concerned about this anti riot bill, um, House Bill seven eighty four or um, all the other ones that you really want people to fight. What can citizens do today until, when is the deadline for Lane Duck? So go ahead and give us the rundown, Rachel. 
Sure. So lame duck goes until, well, technically it goes till the end of the year, December 31st, but they probably won't actually meet for that long because the legislators like to have their holidays. So I expect lame duck will officially go for maybe another three weeks or so. Uh, anything could move at any time. My list of bills that are most likely to to pass will change, I'm sure, during that time. But there's a we have a list of calls to action on our page uh, for each individual bill. And I'll tell you a couple of them right now. One is the bill you mentioned to punish protesters, HB 784. That is still in the House in Criminal Justice Committee. So you can call the chair of that committee, which is Rep. George Lang, and you can tell him that you oppose that bill and you don't want him to pass it out of committee. And sometimes it's shocking how just hearing from a, a big group of citizens about opposition to a bill will help slow down a bill. It is really, it's impressive how often that sort of thing works. Uh, we've, Lisa can attest, stop, stand your ground, two lame ducks in a row, just because so many people contacted the state house telling them that they opposed that, that bill. You find that telephoning is the most effective of all. Absolutely. Yes, you can email too. It's, it's still helpful to email. But what we want to do is take up the staffer's time so that at the end of the day, they're thinking that the whole state was calling all day about this bill that they oppose. So they get it into their head and that everyone opposes that bill. They mention it to their boss. And there's just this mentality that we are creating by making those calls that a large number of people oppose this legislation or or support a good bill. So our, um, call, our sorry, call to action on these bad bills and on the good bills is call the legislators and they can get the phone numbers from your website, um, how things work at the Ohio State House or Moms Demand Action and the other links that Lisa talked about. And um, but really, we can't sit back and just be mad about it. We need to actually make a phone call to many people. You can call the committee chairs is usually the best place to do it. So if your bill is still in a committee, that's the place is call the chair. They get to decide whether or not the bill moves forward or not. Okay. Isn't there a bill that um, it's a um, DeWine's desk? Now, DeWine, he can, can he just uh, veto this Christmas tree bill if he wants to? The gun, the gun safety or anti-gun safety bill? Yes, he can. The problem is right now in Ohio, we have so many members of the Republican Party in the state house that they have a supermajority, which means that if they want, they have enough members to override, overturn a veto. So Governor DeWine still has that power to veto bad bills. He absolutely should because it makes another step that sometimes the legislators don't feel like taking. But there is the opportunity then for them to come back and vote to override the governor's veto and make it into law anyway. So we have to stop bills literally every step along the way. So when when do we have redistricting taking place so that we won't possibly get we will get past supermajority? We are redistricting next year in 2021. Uh, thankfully to all of you who voted on those new, better, fairer laws, we will be redistricting using laws that are most likely going to help us build better maps that actually represent the people of Ohio. And that is going to be a law, a year long process that's going to take massive public pressure every step of the way. So we'll be having calls to action for how you can participate in that map drawing process to make sure they don't just gerrymander again without us paying attention to it. Okay, that's all we have for today. But please, folks, look them up. Um, Lisa Voigt, um, Rachel Coyle, Moms Demand Action on Gun Safety, or is it Gun Sense? Gun Sense, Moms Demand Action for Gun Sense in America. Okay, and 
how things work at the Ohio State House. This is Grassroot Ohio, and in addition to our Friday night 5 p.m. broadcast on WGRN, Grassroot Ohio will now air on Sundays at 2 p.m. at WCRSFM.org, 92.7, 98.3 FM Columbus, and at 4 o'clock at WEJPLP 107.1 FM in Wheeling, Moundsville, West Virginia. You can also find us on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, guys. You've been listening to Grassroot Ohio, 94.1 FM, WGRN.org. We air Friday nights at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and you can listen to all our previous shows archived on the top post of our Grassroot Ohio Facebook page. There's a time to listen and learn, a time to organize and strategize, and a time to stand up, fight back.